Beloved congregation, I'd like to draw your attention to what we can find in Luke 7, verses 1 through 10. The history about the centurion and the theme of the sermon will also be the centurion. Three points. Firstly, how the Jews look at him. Secondly, how he looks at himself. And thirdly, how Jesus looks at him. The centurion. In the first place, how the Jews look at him. We find this in the verses 1 through 5. Secondly, how he looks at himself. Verses 6 through 8. And thirdly, how Jesus looks at him, verses 9 and 10. Again, the centurion, how the Jews look at him, how he looks at himself, and how Jesus looks at him. And we read in the first verse of chapter 7, Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. We look back and what took place before the expression what we can find in verse 1. Well, shortly after Jesus had concluded his words. Now the history turns to what takes place in Capernaum, a well-known city, you know, for the disciples they were quite familiar, acquainted with this area, for they were fishers, fishermen. They lived in that area. They know the city, or better to say, a town, or even, not even a town, a village. Because we don't have to think about a large place where many people lived. But let us give it a name, town, okay? And in that town, there the Lord Jesus enters and comes. He arrives there. And actually, we will meet someone, an heathen, a Roman, who gives a reaction upon the gospel, upon the person who was not reckoned with by the Jews, but was recognized as a Lord by a heathen. And therefore, that's something, something special. The Lord Jesus arrives in, in Capernaum, for there is something that he can perform to open his eyes which were still blind. Blind, although he had a certain love and dedication towards the Jewish religion. But it is not the Jewish religion that will redeem him, that will save him. Not leaving things and doing things will save a person, will save a human being, will redeem him. But only the mediator, only the Lord Jesus. And for that special reason, this history is written. And for that reason, that history will be in the center point of this service. And it's not about a man, a centurion, a high-ranked soldier, a captain of the army, so to say. It's not about a human being. In God's kingdom, it's not about people. It's about the Lord Jesus and the Lord God who performs his works in human beings. But to find a sinner, to look to a sinner, the Lord Jesus arrives here 
May I ask you politely, did he arrive in your mind, in your heart, changing your life's course? Did he arrive in your mind and in your soul, instructing you and revealing something and taking the unrest from your heart and from your soul away, granting the rest which is only to be found in him. And we read about the circumstances which God will use. He make use providentially of the circumstances because that man, that sir, that centurion, this heathen, he has a servant. Of course, yeah, he's a rich man. And it's acceptable that he has also his servants, not only soldiers as captain of the army, but also in his house he has a servant. And that servant is seriously sick. Seriously. We read in actually Matthew 8 verse 6 that that servant suffers of pain of palsy. And here in Luke 7 verse 2 we read he is sick and ready to die. And we have probably we have to think about sickness, maybe paralysis with muscular spasms, whatever, this servant was dying. And this hardened soldier used to be a commander. He has an empathy. Where does it come from? What do you think? Is it just because it's in his character? Could very well be, actually. But where does it come from that he has an empathy? And I look upon a servant, just a servant, in those days. You don't count servants. They are not seen. They live in isolation. Are there also people here living in their own isolation? Not seen, not heard. Where does it come from that this man, this centurion, has an eye, has empathy, has compassion with this man, suffering, ready to die? Do you know, I think we may express it in this way. When the Lord opens eyes, when the Lord grants self-knowledge, he grants also an eye, not only to see your own misery, but also the misery of the thousands, of the ten thousands, of the hundreds of thousands, of the millions who are living in misery and as have no salvation. Do you grasp it, that? So that empathy comes from a conviction. Knowing self. Where does that come from? Shall we bless this man? Shall he bless himself? The Jews would like. They are doing it because they are obedient towards him. Should it be, would it be the very best that the Lord tells him? And maybe the Lord tells you, praying for, hungry and thirsty for instruction, for revelation, whether the Lord is in your life, knowing that he comes over, that he is the that he is the one who is able to save, to lead, to grant rest. And now here there is 
a circumstance the Lord uses and still do, he still do, does. How maybe a bereavement, that's hard. Maybe a sickness, that's also hard, not easy. It's against my own flesh. It's against my own dignity. Oh, that dignity, that haughtiness. I know. Do you know it yourself too? That he uses the means to make one low. And in that lowness, not just low, but becoming dependent on him. Dependent on the Lord Jesus. And when he had heard of Jesus, did he hear? He did. And you know why? Because Jesus visited more often Capernaum. Did he hear? Yes, he did. Because the Lord Jesus already healed sick people, the deaf, the blind, the paralyzed ones. He granted them wholeness, recovery, as a picture of what the kingdom of heaven, what true salvation is. He heard. He heard and not went through and not went further, but it was in his mind, in his thoughts. And it caused him to hunger. He heard, could the Lord Jesus help out my servant in his sickness if he has to die? Is it over? If you have to pass away, is it over? Friends, then it just will begin eternity. Then it just begins. Is it over? No. Are you on the broad way or on the narrow way? Are you with the Lord or without the Lord? A third possibility is not to be found. It's or with or without. It's or the broad way or it is the narrow way. He heard from the Lord Jesus. And he was a soldier, a high-ranked man, a captain of all of, of the army. Yes, indeed, he was. But he went to the Jews asking them that he, that they could do him a favor. And the Jews heard him in spite of his race. He was from another country. He was from another culture than they are. In spite, secondly, of his religion, a heathen or a even a pagan, that's e even worse, in spite, thirdly, of his politics, working for the enemy, for the Romans. What a contrast. Jews and this man. And still out of a certain respect, the Jews were obedient he asked them politely, and they obeyed him. For we read, and when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews. So, first of all, he asked them, the Jews, and the Jews sent delegates to the Lord Jesus, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And heal his servant. 
to heal him. So he recognizes something in the Lord Jesus which the Jews did not see. He recognized something in the Lord Jesus of his highness. For sure, of his majesty, his holiness, that he is the exalted one. There is some recognition, but thinking low, or maybe use the proper word, humble about himself. He's not worthy to go directly unto Jesus. He sent the delegates, and when they came to Jesus, they besought him, instantly seeing that he was worthy for whom he should do this, he is worthy. He is worthy for us. That thou, Lord Jesus, would help him. He is worthy. And there is a reason. Out of respect for the Jewish religion, he had donated some money to build the synagogue. So he is worthy. And he is even more worthy if that servant will be healed, maybe he will give even more do donations. That's the way the Jews look at him. So he is worthy. Worthy certain respect mixed with yeah, financial reasons. May I express myself in, in, in that way you, you understand me? out of respect, but also financially. So in spite of that he is a captain of the army, a centurion, the head of centurion, 100 soldiers, centurion, he has a dignity as a soldier, as a captain, here is indignity. He asked the Jews, and they went and they said unto the Lord Jesus, For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. That's the reason. That's what we call in Latin, do ut des. If you grant me something, I grant you in, in return something. You know that is without love. That's making use of means, making use of people. That is without any love, without any connection. He's worthy only for the balance of the house of the Jews, the synagogue. He is worthy. And would the Lord come Jesus along? He is worthy. Our second thought. How he looks at himself. Then Jesus went with them. You know, when you look at the expression which is used in verse 6, then Jesus went with them. We don't read, we don't hear that the Lord Jesus argued about their wrong arguments, about their the foundation which was not the completely the right one, financially, yes. That centurion had an, had an empathy, but the Jews had the empathy just about this, about money. The Lord Jesus did not argue. He didn't say a word about these things. Nothing. And the only thing we read, that's gospel. That's the gospel. Dear friends, then Jesus went 
with them. He has to find a sinner. He has to instruct a heathen. He has to speak to lowly and burdened people. That's gospel. No arguing, no reasoning. And Jesus went with them. How unconditional. What a miracle. What a wonder. How unconditional is this. He went with them. And then we read something remarkable. And when he was now not far from the house, something was going on in the mind of the this soldier, this centurion. He realized how low, how dirty, how unworthy, how hardened, how blackened he is. Praying for that the Lord would come over yearning for and pining for and then realizing how hardened, how selfish, how full of world, how full of self I am. And Jesus went along praying for a revelation, praying for his coming, and then realizing who is praying. Is that gospel? You know the gospel is that the Lord breaks through, that the Lord takes everything along. That is gospel. And then we read, even further, the centurion sent friends to him. He didn't show up him himself. He sent servants to him who was close by, who had to arrive in the house of the centurion. Lord, do you know how filthy I am. Do you really know how black, full of heathenism and paganism I am? He sent his servants to the Lord Jesus, saying unto him, Lord, Lord, that's an expression of highness of Jesus greatness his power his majesty his holiness that's holding him in the highest esteem not my estimation that I am worthy for but the highest estimation on the Lord Jesus May I ask you right now, do you have hunger? Do you have thirst for the Holy One? Do you pine for Him, yearn for, for Him? I am unworthy, but Lord, Thou hast everything to heal, to cleanse, to save, yes, to redeem me, the sinner. I, the sinner. And saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself. That's humbling. That's not expressed with haughtiness. It's, it looks sound. If you listen, it's sound. 
It's doctrinal correct, but it's not in the head, in the mind. It's out of the heart. It's by heart. So we listen to his voice coming out of his own heart. Trouble not thyself. And still, not pushing Jesus away, but coming out of the depths, coming out of his own indignity, his lowness, his filthiness, that thou shouldest enter under my roof and still hungering for under my roof. Are there people here? Come under my roof. Or better to say, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, reveal thyself and take everything along because nothing is amiss there. There's a completeness, a wholeness. There is everything in thee, O Lord Jesus. Therefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. And then, but, say it in a word. Do you have expectations? What the Lord has to tell you has to instruct you. You know it beforehand. Here we meet a man who didn't know. Do you know in which way the Lord could lead you? Could set you in freedom? Do you know beforehand in which way? Providentially, of course with the right expressions. We are very sound people. The Lord could come over. Here we meet a man who maybe before also had a, the same considerations, but now see it in a word. Not one word, a word. It's up to thee. Use a word. Use just a word. I'm hungering. I'm thirsty. For the first time maybe. And time and again. For the first time. And by renewal. Just a word. A specific word. It's up to thee. For thou knowest the very best what is needful in my circumstance for my soul. I am not worthy, but say it just in a word. Was that the reason that you're here, that you left your house, started the car, and to drive yourself up to the sanctuary here, in the, N the NRC, situated at, at the Broadway in Chilliwack, was that the main reason? Say it a word. That's also gospel, friends. The gospel who can freed from sin, from accusations, from the law of God, my conscience, Satan, this world, a word. Do we have expectations from a pastor, from a minister? Is that a word? No, friends. A word is a word where the Lord is with his Holy Spirit. A word. There's no reason for you, for all of us, to travel to Capernaum. Of course, not for sure, not in, in this situation for it. There, there's a tremendous danger in, in Israel right now because of the terrorist at, uh, attacks. There's no reason to find that voice of the Lord Jesus there, but to find it here in the pew, where the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Ghost comes over, a word. 
a word. You know that word will never be based upon your conditions. Never is and never will. But that word will be unconditional. God's time is the very best time. God's circumstance to bring me there is the very best circumstance. He used the circumstance here again. I repeat, the centurion's servant. What will he use in your circumstance? What a callings. And you went on. What a calling. And you went on. The Lord called you, but you did not hear his voice. That's something. Here he heard his voice. And still he was not commanding what Jesus had to tell to him or to his servant. The Lord is sovereign. The Lord is free in his freedom. He knows it the best. I'm not worthy for the first time. You know, where and, and when and which circumstance I thought that I was a converted man. But now I know with all my conditions that has nothing to do with the unconditional grace of the Lord Jesus. I'm a churchgoer. I'm in agreement with what the church instructs and teaches, the doctrine. I'm, that's my conditions. I'm in agreement with I. I've done a lot. I keep myself busy with prayers, and I'm happy with that I'm praying. Happy, content, I mean. But a word. I'm not content with what I have done. I paid for, for the synagogue. I'm not content. Say it in, in, in a word. For the redemption is not by gold or by silver, but by the precious blood. In that word, there is recovery, no much more. There is salvation. And salvation is related to the verb to save. And redemption is related to the verb to redeem. There's a payment in, say it in any word, just a word. Is that your hunger? Is that your thirst, friend? Is it not? Or could I give it to you? Could I open your heart, but I can't. But my master, he is able to do, as in just one moment, and he still does, that your life is not dedicated to the luxury, to materialism any longer, anymore. But that word. Yes, but I have my task to perform, my studies, my occupation. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Like Enoch, he had to perform exactly the same tasks. He was walking with the Lord his whole life. And you know what that means? Sharing to one another your deepest feelings and emotions and struggles. Enoch also told the Lord Jesus what was inside his soul and, and his mind. Likewise, a word, just, just a simple word, yes, and that's everything that's pointing to his power, that's pointing to his, the fact that he is almighty, that he is omniscient with empty hands a word and it continues 
and my servant shall be healed. Still that empathy towards that servant, hiding his own hunger, hiding his own thirst. And it can very well be the fact people who are hungry and thirsty talking about the circumstance and hiding themselves so that other people don't recognize the hunger and thirst but the Lord Jesus and the Lord God knows exactly what is in, in his heart for I also am a man set under authority a general, a captain of the, an, uh, the army, a colonel, and a generally, a, a general, a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. So then he has the authority, and I say unto one, go, and he goeth. He, he's commander. Go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. It's speaking as, as a commander. And thou art also the one who has to command. And my servant will be healed. Thou hast just to command thy power. And my soul will be freed from all the attacks of sin, of flesh, of Satan, of this world. Thou art the commander. It's like... He expresses him himself. Go and he goeth, and to another come and he cometh, and to thy servant do this, and he doeth it. And we don't hear a word, a simple word, one word about his own hunger. But what a dedication, what a love towards him who he admires. And at the same time, may I know, Lord Jesus, I look upon thee that thou knowest me too. Knowest not only in general, but specifically that thou knowest me like David in Psalm 139. Thou knowest my innermost parts. What an expectation, what a hunger. Wherefore, that gold, that salvation, it's not salvation as a word, as an expression, but salvation out of one, out of thee, the salvation it's a person. It's not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling in general terms. But it is a person. It is the mediator. Thou art mighty. Thou art a mighty one. Will thou also come unto me? The centurion, how the Jews look at him. We heard about how he looks at himself. But now in the third place, the most important thing, not what other people think about me, not what I think about myself. Is it important? Is it? May I ask you, where is God? Which place does he have in your mind, in your soul in your heart, in your being on earth, in your occupation, in your calling. Thirdly, how Jesus looks at him. And we read in verse 9, when Jesus heard these things, he heard differently than we hear. Completely incomparable how we listen to words not to be compared at, at, at all 
hears in the deepest meaning, the deepest feeling, the yearning, not a semblance of, but the reality of the souls, not resting place yet, but the unresting place of the soul, not resting, something is missing. And Jesus heard these things. He marveled at him and turned him about. And now the Lord Jesus tells something what some people are looking for. Not just my conclusion, that's poor friend. Not what other people tell me and what they're, how they are looking at me and thinking about me. But now the Lord, his answer. May I put it in these words. Many, many people are praying for grace but are not interested in the answer. Many, many people are looking forward that the Lord would come over, but are not even interested when and where. But this is the very moment the Lord will set him free, not only about his servant and his palsy, ready to die but also for about him himself unworthy the man with the dignity of the captain of in the army a man with yeah, high ranks and now the Lord Jesus tells something about him and said unto the people that followed him I say unto you He's not worthy. He's a hardened. He's a miserable creature. He's just just an heathen. What does, what does he think? That he paid enough for the synagogue? And that I am the man, the son of God, that would bless the means that he paid and helped the Jews financially? What does he think? The fool. No, friends, because the Lord Jesus heard something else. And he still hears something else too also. Is it your heart? And what I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Not found so a great faith even in, in Israel. Strange. The Jews with their scripture. The Bible, the Old Testament. We are the seed of Abraham. We the people. We the people. There was a woman, a Canaanite woman, Matthew 15. A heathen, a great faith. Here, the centurion and heathen, a great faith. It's in the heart. And of course, out of the heart, the fruits, the way of living, the way how you appear in your surroundings, the place where the Lord has called you to perform your duties. Out of that, that, that heart, we heard a voice coming out of his heart. Does your wife hear exactly the same? Maybe an uncovering question. Does your husband hear exactly the same? 
in your life. We can talk about 10,000 things, just yeah, carnal and temporal things, to be very honest. But a desire, maybe not so much burdened yet, but still out of the fruits, not thinking a lot about myself, that I'm worthy, showing what the direction of my life, what the direction of my soul and mind actually is. Faith, what is faith? Putting trust in the Lord. Why is it a person? Yes. It's the man without sin. It's the man sent of God. It is in his natures, God and man. It is him who just not tells him a great faith to show compassion to satisfy a human being, but it is him who will come with these words into the heart and gives them rest. Because he is God, he is God's son, he is the mediator, he is the one who tells an unworthy one, this centurion, that he will suffer, that he will crucify himself. Obedient towards his own father, to save and to redeem this sinful heathen, because in spite of his yearning, he is a sinner. In spite of the nice things he's expressing now, he has many shortcomings, and more than that, he has to be condemned. And faith, I have to be condemned. Faith, the Lord granted me maybe a promise. Can you say that? But I made a promise myself unworthy. Faith, then I can't live by conclusion. My faith, what a blessing that the Lord stamps it in my heart and tells me that it is His work, that He knows me, that He will uphold me, that He will lead me, and that He, without any doubt, for sure, 1,000%, will grant me the rest and the true comfort of his dearness and his nearness. Then you're a happy one, happy in the deepest sense of the word, friends. Great faith, great, because the Lord calls it great. Not I can give it the name great. Not I, neither can I give it the name worthless. In darkness, you know you have people, and I meet with people also in, in Holland, and even when I was a minister in Lethbridge, in, in, in Alberta, if the Lord is near, then there is light, 100%. And when the Lord disappears, it's dark, 100%. That can be true in emotions. But time and again, if the Lord came over, he leaves something behind, a drop of oil, love, which will seek for and which will yearn for, for, for him. Great. It's not up, up to me to give myself the name great. A great believer, not at all. Let him tell me that.
and he will uphold. And there is no shortness. I come nothing short, for sure not, never. For he is the Savior. He is the one that answered prayers and used circumstances and to deliver my soul and offer unto him my whole life. For yes, grace means my whole existence, my whole being, everything totally holy and not found so great faith not in Israel shall he find it he will find it for sure undoubtedly will he find it in your heart don't look at other people friends don't compare yourself shall he find it will he find it in my heart only if he planted it only then he will without doubt find it and they that were sent returning to the house found a servant whole that had been sick that's secondary first is that great faith and secondary is that a man was made whole struggles psychologically physically in the mind whatsoever secondary spiritually it will be it will be secondary what we make the prime thing first jesus and gives them the rest and in the rest Sometimes he takes everything away. Sometimes he, he does not. Why is that? I don't know. I have no answer. One thing I can tell you. As long as I am on earth, I need to become, to be upholden as a dependent creature upon him. And he knows the best, the balance. I think I do. But then it's a contrast with just a word. You remember? A word. He knows the balance the best. And therefore, in spite of what they are going through, and the cross laid upon the shoulders, they come nothing short when they find everything but everything in him alone and can you say that also in your life seek him for he will be found amen